0: Log Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday night. It is July the 16th, 2021, and I'm happy to join you. Glad you're joining me. Um, and the hits just keep on coming, as they used to say back when I was a kid listening to the old AM radios back in high school, junior high, college. The hits just keep on coming, and they're coming because of our own government it's incomprehensible <clears throat> to see what kind of a mockery the biden administration is making over our immigration laws uh, our military our government the american people the list goes on and on In full disclosure i'm a lifelong registered democrat i am not being partisan but i am being american you know one of the questions and this is something i want all of you to think about because what i want to do this evening is talk about a couple of the articles in the news, but I also want to call upon my background. Um, I was going to teach debate and public speaking on the college level when I went to college. I had a bachelor's degree in communications, arts, and sciences. I sometimes refer to it as my BA and BS, but all joking aside, the ability to communicate persuasively, effectively, and concisely is critical to success. I don't care what work you do. And it's not only at work. It's in the social setting. We are all salesmen. Okay, We are. Uh, We want to be liked by the people around us, perhaps. Uh, We we want to, if we're we're single and we're meeting somebody, we want to get that person's phone number. We're selling, if you will, ourselves, but in a positive way. We want to project our best self. But our best foot forward, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But it's particularly important to communicate effectively, not confrontationally, if we're going to win people over to our side in debates, discussions, conversations, even disagreements. It starts with empathy. Empathy is lacking from almost everything we do these days. Um, and it seems as though, and, and this, I think, is part of what the enemies of America want, we've never been more polarized. Instead of e pluribus unum, out of many, one, what we have are Americans attacking Americans. Our enemies don't have to expend any effort at all. They just have to watch us destroy ourselves from within. And, in fact, last week, uh, I, I talked about this on, on my program, there was an article um, that I had written uh, for Front Page Magazine, um, and I want to reference it again today because it's such an important article. Um, because it talked about what Iran did, what Iran did, in an effort to get Americans to go after each other. That's the incredible part of this thing. It was the Iranians that were trying to go after us. Uh, And in fact, the article that I had written, and it was a front page magazine, uh, and this was published on June 30th, so this is just over two weeks ago, The Iranian Goal of Death to America Aided and Abetted by Radical Democrats, Uh, and the subtitle, Biden's Immigration policies Fulfill the Wishes of the 9-11 Terrorists, but it even goes beyond that, that article that I wrote the front page magazine was predicated on something that Time Magazine published, which is interesting when you think about it, because Time Magazine leans left, as does Newsweek. They're certainly part of the mainstream media that we all have come to distrust. But it was interesting because on June 7th, Time Magazine published a report, and the title was exclusive, Iran Steps Up Efforts to Sow Discord Inside the United States. think about that time magazine found this information this story so compelling that they published it and and let me tell you how it began there were two paragraphs at the beginning of the article iranian state actors are intensifying their disinformation campaign on social media to spread discourse and anti-semitic tropes inside the united states two intelligence officials say it goes on and says social media accounts Track to troll farms run by the Iranian government have ramped up disinformation after several major events this year, including Biden's efforts to return the U.S. to the Iran nuclear deal, the April 14th announcement of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, the guilty verdict of Derek Sheldon on April 20th, and the 11-day war between Israel and Hamas that started on May the 10th. Quote, "It's a significant level of activity one official tells time, It's active enough that we are tracking it. The official did not offer specific details uh, on the specific disinformation activity after the events. The Times News report also acknowledged that Iran sought to interfere, and this is what I had written in my piece, with the 2020 presidential elections to hurt President Trump's bid for a second term. And here's, again, a quote from Time. Think about that. The new spike in online provocations follows months of intense activity by iran during the 2020 presidential campaign where tehran spread messages aimed at amplifying existing social divisions within the united states and hurting former president donald trump's chances of winning re-election according to u.s intelligence analysts again time magazine time magazine making that point while russia's efforts to interfere the 2016 and 2020 elections and undermine trust an American democracy have been well documented. Less publicly known is Iran's increasing, increasing online influence operations inside the United States. Russia wrote the playbook, but others are using it, says the U.S. Intel- intelligence officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the internal analysis. And it was also noted in the report that last year Iran was behind efforts to intimidate Democrat voters in the weeks before the election by sending threatening email messages from accounts posing as the violent pro-Trump group The Proud Boys, U.S. intelligence officials have found. The same network of Iranian operatives have created and distributed a video with fake allegations of voter fraud. So we at each other's throats. Critical race theory. Whites are the oppressors and the blacks are the oppressed. If you want to talk about an unbelievable message that's it it's a message of racism declaring that your skin color is your destiny if you're black you're an oppressed poor person and if you're white you are an oppressor and a bigot what is a bigot is the per- people who have concocted this insanity and foisted it on the american people and incredibly there are people who believe this garbage whites are the oppressors blacks are the oppressed and i guess if you're white then blacks are your enemy and vice versa we're doing the dirty work for the government of iran destroying our country from inside e pluribus unum from out of many one Not so much. We've become a tower of Babel. And the importation of large numbers of people who can't read, write, or speak our language certainly goes a distance to disuniting our country. How many times have you gotten into an Uber where the driver couldn't understand a word you were saying? I've been there. I've been there. And I've been in Ubers where the damn driver spewed venomous anti-Semitic and anti-American nonsense to the point that I wanted to jump out of the car. We're doing this to ourselves. We're being played for fools, and these enemies of America, and some of them are inside America, they want to see this country fail, um, are doing everything possible to put us at each other's throats. It's incredible. Abe Lincoln was right when he said a house divided against itself cannot stand. We are dividing ourselves up. Our enemies just have to sit back and, and, and watch this disaster that we're doing to ourselves. We have to judge each other as individuals based not on appearance, by, by deeds. You don't hold people responsible for the crimes that their parents committed, that the pa- crimes their relatives committed. That's nuts. That's crazy. But that's what we're doing. It's a 1619 project. America began with slavery, so America is irredeemable. In 1619, slavery was widespread around the world. It was America that ended slavery in many parts of the world, as well as within our own borders. But that's an inconvenient truth for the hate mongers that want to see America evaporate. We've got to be smarter than that and we've got to sit down with our neighbors and have serious conversations. What is going on should be as obvious as the nose on our faces. We are being played for fools. Our enemies have turned our traditional compassion, our desire to care for one another, they've taken that compassion and weaponized it. You're not compassionate if you don't open up the borders and let the whole world come here. By letting the whole world come here, we are destroying the middle class. We're destroying national security, public safety, public health. And the people who are coming here are desperate in many cases, and they're going to be exploited. There is no compassion in exploitation. There is no compassion in seeing Americans lose their jobs to foreign workers and then lose their ability to support themselves and their families. That's not compassion. That's suicide. Now, what I'm saying to you is not anti immigrant America is the most generous country on just about every score, including our immigration policies. Every year we admit more than a million lawful immigrants. It's more than the rest of the world combined. These are foreign nationals who are immediately placed on the pathway to United States citizenship. They can take virtually any job in our country that they have the qualifications for. They could live here forever. And if they so desire, when they meet certain requirements, time requirements and physical presence requirements and good moral character requirements, they can become American citizens. There are many countries that don't allow anyone to ever become a full citizen of those countries. Not so America. The only distinction we make between citizens who were born in America and citizens who were naturalized is whether or not that person can become president or vice president of the United States. Other than that, there is no distinction. Henry Kissinger was the Secretary of State. He was not born in America. Think about that. We've had chairmen of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who were not born in America, and they rose to the peak of the mountain in our military establishment. We are the most welcoming country in the world, but there's limits that have to be imposed. Our immigration laws have nothing to do with race or religion or ethnicity. I keep saying it, but I'm going to keep on saying it. Because it's just important to make that point. Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182, categorizes who we are supposed to keep out. It's aliens who have dangerous communicable diseases. Think what's going on with COVID, folks. Aliens who are severely mentally ill. Aliens who are criminals and terrorists and spies and human traffickers and drug smugglers and Nazi war criminals and fugitives from justice. And then we get to aliens who, if they came here, would likely become a public charge, or if they worked, would displace Americans and drive down wages. What is wrong with that? What is happening now is Joe Biden has opened up the floodgates. And people from all over the world are flooding into the United States. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea who they're affiliated with. We have no idea what their intentions are. Many of them are desperate because of economic conditions back home. I get that. But that's not an excuse for you to come to America illegally. There is no such thing as an economic refugee. There is such a thing as a political asylum applicant. Political, not economic asylum. Political asylum. What's political asylum? The person in question has to be an alien who is able to articulate credibly credibly, that they have a credible fear that because of their race, their religion, their ethnicity, their sexual orientation, or their political ideology, that they would face persecution or worse in their home countries. But to say, boy, this poor woman has a child that she can't support her child, I'm sorry. We can't bring the world's poor to America. I believe we're now up to about 8 billion, billion human beings with a B, billion human beings on the face of the earth, probably well over a half live below the poverty level. What do I mean by the poverty level? Well, in America, the poverty level means perhaps no car or you rent an apartment or, you know, poverty level. Everyone gets food stamps. Everyone is cared for. Everyone... To go about their lives. In parts of the world, poverty is so pervasive that the people are food insecure. They don't know where the next meal is coming from. They don't have access to clean water. They don't have access to electricity. They don't have access to any kind of medical care whatsoever. They're living under essentially Stone Age conditions and there's hundreds of millions of human beings living that way. So if you embrace this notion, and it's not in the law, it doesn't appear anywhere, this is, again, insane, that anybody who wants to live a better life should be able to come to America, what do you plan to do when 5 billion people show up on our doorstep? We already admit more lawful immigrants than the rest of the world combined. We already admit more non-immigrant visitors than the rest of the world combined. What's a non-immigrant visitor? Tourists, foreign students, foreign workers, foreign journalists and diplomats and so forth. We have a pretty much open-door policy with limits, except there are no more limits with the Biden-Harris combination in Washington. And the people that are showing up at the border, everyone is fascinated by the arrest records. How many arrest records? Oh, my God, record numbers of people being arrested. That's the tip of the iceberg. First of all, we don't know what's happening on the Canadian border. No one's reporting on that. We don't know how many people are coming in along our coastline. We have 95,000 miles of coastline, and we're going to talk about that coastline shortly in terms of a kidnap plot by the government of Iran inside the United States. So we have 95,000 miles of coastline. It's a much bigger coastline then the more than 2,000 miles of border that we share with Mexico, isn't it? And we have international airports, and we have no idea how Biden administration policies are affecting uh, the rejection or acceptance of applications for visas, uh, what happens at ports eventually when aliens show up seeking lawful admission. I'd love to see those numbers and compare them with prior administrations. My gut feeling is that very few people, if any, are being turned around at in international airports. In his last year in office, the Obama administration declared, 105, I believe it was 105,000 aliens inadmissible. I'd love to know what that number is for Biden. Under the Trump administration, that number went up. This is a number we don't talk about. It's a number that Trump should have talked about because if you all remember, shortly after he took office and he said that we're not going to allow aliens from, I believe, it was six or seven countries to enter the United States because we can't properly vet them, we can't screen them, and he denied entry. He ordered the courts of entry to turn around roughly 200 aliens who came from those countries, and the rent-a-mobs came out. <clears throat> the ACLU and LULAC and all those groups sent people to the airports to demonstrate and go crazy. Oh, my God, these people had valid visas, and they were turned around. How dare he? This is an act against humanity, and it's unconstitutional. And they always throw that in, even though it's very constitutional. Constitutional promises of the states that they will be guaranteed a Republican form of government and protection against invasion of domestic violence. I would argue that an onslaught of millions of people heading for our borders constitutes an invasion, but then what do I know? So Donald Trump essentially stopped about 200 people because they came from countries that we had a problem vetting them from. Either the country was a failed state or they had an association with terrorists and the president as commander-in-chief, his number one responsibility is national security and public safety. So we're not letting them in. <clears throat> I wish that when the rent of mobs came out, that Donald Trump had gone on national TV and put aside his Twitter account <clears throat> and explained to the American people that a visa is not a guarantee of entry into the United States. State Department issues the visas, but State Department has no authority to admit anybody. That authority is vested in the Department of Homeland Security specifically Customs and Border Protection, the inspectors at the ports of entry. I'm very familiar with that process because I began my 30-year immigration career as an immigration inspector assigned to John F. Kennedy International Airport in New York City. And every single day we denied entry to aliens who showed up with visas. We said, sorry, we have information that shows that you're coming for purposes other than what you state. We turned them around. Or we held them in custody at a detention center so they could see an immigration judge the next day. It was about protecting America from criminals and terrorists and aliens with diseases and aliens who would take the jobs of Americans. Very simple. So the president did what he did. He needed to talk about how many people every year denied entry and why it happened. And it wasn't because they came from Muslim-majority countries. If I hear that one more time, my head's going to explode. If Donald Trump was trying to keep aliens out of the United States who came from Muslim-majority countries, he did an abysmal job because he left out Indonesia, Pakistan, and India. Why do I mention those three countries? Because they are the most populous Muslim-majority countries on the planet. They weren't part of the list. It wasn't about their religion. It wasn't about their ethnicity. It was about the inability of our officials to properly screen these people to make sure that they didn't mean us harm. What in the world is wrong with that? So this brings me to a question that we should ask every politician on all levels that the question ideally that I'd like to see journalists ask, this proposed bill or this proposed policy, how does that help Americans? Don't tell me what the immigrants want. Tell me how this helps Americans. Tell me how this strengthens the U.S. national security. Tell me how this is beneficial to public safety, how it's beneficial to the education of American kids. That's what I want to hear. Where is the good news for Americans in what you're doing? I'd love Joe Biden to try to explain to the American people how unleashing a human tsunami at a time when they want to send people door to door and bang on doors and try to coerce people into taking the COVID vaccine, Because the numbers aren't where they need to be if you're concerned about that. Why are you flooding America with hundreds of thousands of people who not only were likely not vaccinated but might be carrying the damn disease? How does that help? You want to get Americans to work? How does that help when you bring in more foreign workers than the number of new jobs we're creating? How How does it help the economy when foreign workers come to America and send what they can out of the economy. Last year, Mexico got over $30 billion in money wired home by their workers around the world, but the bulk of it came from the United States. And they're not alone. And it's not only the the wired money, the remittances. That's just the tip of another iceberg because frequently money is smuggled. People convert it to gold or they stuff it into furniture, whatever. And what happens is the money leaves the United States. Economists talk about something known as the multiplier effect. Let's say I write a book. Maybe one day I will. God only knows. I've been wanting to forever. So let's say I write a book and I make a lot of money and I say, gee whiz, it's time that Mike Cutler bought himself a shiny new Corvette or whatever. So I go out and I buy a Corvette. Now, the, the car salesman that sells me the Corvette He's a happy guy because he just made a couple thousand dollars in commission. So he goes out and buys a new refrigerator and a pair of shoes, and he buys his wife a nice new watch, and those salespeople make money. So they go out, and they they go on vacation, or they go to a nice restaurant, and that's the multiplier effect. As money circulates through the economy, it generates more money, more commerce, more profit, more success. When you send the money out of the country, it's gone. Now, economists generally say that every dollar that is spent generates three more dollars. So if, let's say Mexico got $25 billion from the United States. That's really like 75 billion billion, three three times the number. If every country does that, and there's a lot more money involved, again, because of the way the money is sent out of the country. This has a huge negative impact on national debt and on all the other issues that concern the economy. Nobody wants to talk about that. Why? And as more people flood into America, more people need housing. The price of housing goes up. The banks make out like bandits. People who own property do a bit better. Guess who does worse? Americans who lose their jobs to foreign workers or suffer wage suppression because labor is a commodity when you flood the labor pool with more workers, you drive down the value of labor. And <clears throat> Here we're bringing in people who come from the third world and have much lower expectations of what a good paycheck looks like. So Americans either lose their jobs or suffer wage suppression while the price of housing goes through the roof. You know what that leads to? Homelessness. So where's your compassion? How's that working out? These are discussions that we should be having with our neighbors. The Congressional Budget Office did a study around 2006 or 2007. I don't have it in front of me. But what I did take away from that was an interesting statistic, that it costs boards of education from 20 to 40% more to educate kids who can't speak, read, or write English. So tough economy. Kids need to be educated, I thought except now it's indoctrinated with this garbage called critical race theory. But think of the schools that now have to deal with God knows how many additional students. That by itself is expensive. But on top of it, let's say most of them can't speak, read, or write English, so now they have to focus, those schools have to focus on English as a second language. So instead of a new science lab, We're getting more English as a second language teachers. Instead of hiring specific teachers to teach STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math to help make these kids more competitive and build America's success, we're spending money on English as a second language. How does that work out? There's also an inflationary component. When people pour into the country, they all need water and food. They need electricity. They need transportation and health care and so forth, supply and demand. They need more food. The price of food goes up. They need more electricity. The price of electricity goes up. Or we run out of electricity and you wind up with blackouts or rolling brownouts or whatever. How is this good for Americans? That's all I want to know. I want people to answer that fundamental question. If this is supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, then the people should be looking at the policies of the administration and say, thank God they're doing this because my life will be better. My children will do so much better because Joe Biden is doing his job. Can you honestly say that with no control over our borders, with an end to immigration law enforcement from within the interior for all intents and purposes? more criminals being released because of this notion of no-cash bond, more homicides, more shootings, more illegal drugs pouring into America, funding gangs and funding terrorism around the world. Where is the good news in what Biden is doing? And now he's abruptly pulling out troops out of Afghanistan. Perhaps he shouldn't have been there in the first place. We can have that debate. Again, we should be open-minded and willing to have honest, peaceful conversations, but to turn tail and run and establish the last day for this as 9-11? Is he working on the side of the terrorists? I mean, what a publicity stunt for ISIS and al-Qaeda and Hamas and the Taliban. And the Taliban is rolling into Afghanistan, taking up territory and killing civilians. What I wrote about in a second article, and they talked about it last week, is we heard this garbage from Bush and Obama. We're fighting terrorists over there, so that we don't have to fight them over here. What a pile of fertilizer. Yeah, we fought them over there, but the battle was here. The battlefield is here. The World Trade Center was located on property located inside New York City, over here. The Pentagon was hit over here shanksville pennsylvania is over here san bernardino california where we had another attack over here boston marathon was over here faisal shazad the times square bomber well times square is over here what do you mean we're not fighting them over here do you think we're that ignorant they kept saying that because the goal was to keep the borders open while they were pursuing what they call the war on terrorism How the hell do you protect the country when you have no idea who's inside your country? The 9-11 Commission, to which I provided testimony, was crystal clear. Border security is national security. In order to attack us, the terrorists have to come here. You would think the priority would be to keep them from coming here. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just a jerk. Maybe I'm just stupid. If I sound angry and irate, I have beyond words as we approach the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We're fighting them over there so that we don't have to fight them here. Well, now that we've turned tail and we're running like the wind, like we're panicking. And meanwhile, by the way, a study was done that says that in war games, China beats us every time on the high seas. And what is America doing about it? Not much. What's China doing about it? Building warship after warship after warship and new technology. They're beating us in quantum physics. They're beating us in artificial intelligence. We're teaching critical race theory, and we're helping men try to figure out whether or not to use a urinal when they have to urinate. Is this still America? What is the ultimate destination? If this was an airplane, I think I'd be knocking on the cockpit door and saying, hey, Captain, where the hell are we going with this airplane? I'm not sure what the destination is. I am sure I don't want to be there, however. However, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. Now, the White House is trying to coerce Facebook, not that they need much coercion. I mean, they, they've been the Ministry of Truth for the radical left almost since their inception. But social media is now supposed to make certain to block people who spew fake news and who decides what fake news is. Remember in the beginning when people said, oh, the virus came from the Chinese lab? Oh, that's fake news. Don't you dare say that. Remember how it said everybody got when Donald Trump said, well, we're calling it the China virus because it came from China. I couldn't stop laughing. It was a typical New York thing to say. Oh, no, it's not. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist if you believe that. Okay. Now it turns out that the virus apparently came or certainly appeared, that it came from the Wuhan lab. So imagine if you were blocked for saying it, and now you get unblocked. What are we doing? Americans are entitled to voice their opinions and speak freely. Not so much these days. Not with Big Brother watching over you. So we know what Iran has been up to. So let's, let's move on from that. Let's also understand that there was an arrest made of a woman. And and I'm finding this confusing because they didn't discuss this at Fox News. And that's what blows my mind. But there was a news report. Let me pull that up. Bear with me, folks. Um, Okay. Um, Goodness gracious, where did I have that? Every once in a while, I make a mess with my computer. To air is To really screw up, you need a computer. Okay. Um, okay. Here we are. The Justice Department, and this was on July 13th, this past Tuesday, issued a press release. Manhattan U.S. Attorney announces the kidnapping conspiracy charge against an Iranian intelligence officer and members of an Iranian intelligence network. The subtitle, Iranian intelligence services allegedly plotted to kidnap a U.S. journalist and human rights activist from New York City for rendition to Iran. They were going to abduct her and zip her off to Iran. Now, here's the interesting part of the story. This comes back to border states. She lives in New York. She's been identified in newspaper articles because she voluntarily came forward and said, yeah, that's me. The Iranian plan, and they had hired private detectives, and they were looking into getting a speedboat, a military-type speedboat, to whisk her from her house, which was near the coastal section in Brooklyn, and zipper all the way by boat to Venezuela, and then from Venezuela fly her to Iran, while Biden is trying to make deals with Iran. So they're hacking into our computers. They're stirring the pot in the United States. Uh, they're doing all kinds of stuff hezbollah working in latin america with the human traffickers to smuggle narcotics and people into the country including sleeper agents but that's okay they only want nuclear weapons what could possibly go wrong right so iran was going to abduct this woman put her on a boat and drag her to venezuela from the coastline of the united states the biggest border that we have the borders of the united states Uh, include the coastline why do we ignore that and fox news said well four people were um, identified and indicted but they're at large because they're not in the united states what they left out was that a fifth person was arrested and that fifth person is a woman i'm probably going to mess up the name but i'll give it my best shot mila far and her aka was nelly Mahador Far. and this woman allegedly was arrested in California she was facilitating the movement of money to pay for the operation she is a native of Iran well she was arrested here so here's an interesting question how did she get here did she have a visa if she had a visa was there corruption at the consulate or the embassy did they just screw up did they not screen her properly Did this woman commit visa fraud and lie on her application? No one talks about these issues. I do. Visa fraud, people lying on applications for visas and immigration benefits. Well, that tactic was most frequently used by terrorists, according to the 9-11 Commission, to enter the United States and embed themselves, hide in plain sight. So now we come to the head of the Department of Homeland Security, who had a reputation for get to yes, that's yes. You must always approve the applications. You must never deny applications. The hell with fraud. And the Office of Inspector General, at the behest of employees of the O of, of Citizenship and Immigration Services, did a an investigation because of the allegations made by his subordinates, and they found out that yes indeed, um, the head of the, or the guy, in fact, that's the head of DHS was, um, he wasn't the head back then, he was a deputy director, was guilty of making political decisions, especially with the EB-5 treaty investor visas that had been used previously by Iranians, possibly terrorists and spies. Alejandro Mayorkas is the guy we're talking about. He is now the guy that is there saying don't come by boat from cuba again the the seacoast is a border but what are we doing on the mexican border we're not going to let you in yes they are and they're letting them in and now ice airplanes operating out of military bases are dispersing these illegal aliens throughout the united states in some cases they're getting court dates to show up in other cases they aren't But the system is so overwhelmed that these aliens, even if they show up in court, they probably won't because most illegal aliens don't go to court. No one looks for them. It's a game of hide-and-seek where we have no resources or desire to seek. But they're getting dates years from now, years from now. And the 9-11 Commission warned that when an alien involved with terrorism files for an immigration benefit, that that benefit by itself suffices to allow the alien to remain in the United States and acquire money and training and make contacts and amass the supplies as they go about deadly terror attacks. For them, all they need to do is get themselves inside the United States. Hundreds of thousands of aliens have moved from the border to the interior of the United States with the assistance of the Biden administration. So let's put this in perspective. On September 11, 2001, 19 hijackers killed more people than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. And the death count from 9-11 continues to this day because of all the people, including first responders, who ingested various toxins when the towers collapsed. They were suffering, and they're dying, and the suffering is, is horrendous. I believe that now more people have died since 9-11 than died on 9-11. And if that is the case, then at least double the number of people who died because of the Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor have now died at the hands of just 19 terrorists. So if a fraction of 1% of the people that the Biden administration has transported to the interior of the United States are bad actors, we could wind up with terror attacks that could make 9-11 look like a bad hair day. And we're supposed to be okay with this. And I'm sure if you're right about it, they're going to say it's fake news and make sure it doesn't show up on Facebook. right now, supposedly, their only concern is the vaccines. Sure thing. The goal is to shut down dissent. Let that sink in. The goal is to get rid of the first amendment freedom of expression the goal is to create a population that is subservient to the government and where are the republicans where are the republicans they make a little bit of noise here a little bit of noise there they want open borders they want those bribes oh gosh i did it again did i say bribes i meant to say campaign contributions you know i've got to work on my understanding of the english language you know Are you going to tell me that when money starts pouring into the coffers of those political parties that that money doesn't have an impact on the decisions made by the leadership of the political parties? When I was a federal agent, I was not allowed to accept anything more than a cup of ice water or a glass of ice water uh, if I was interacting with people. It was an ironclad rule you take anything from someone that's more significant than a glass of water, you might be compromised. And you have the parties getting how much money? But, of course, that doesn't influence them. Right. They don't make decisions they wouldn't have otherwise made. Sure thing. We're being played for idiots. Idiots. And this isn't an academic discussion, folks. We're talking about nothing less than public safety, national security, public health, the survival of our country, the survival of our children and their children. Could the stakes possibly be higher? And when we talk to our neighbors, this is what we really need to emphasize. This isn't about xenophobia. But I guarantee you, when a stranger knocks on your damn door, you don't just throw the door open. In fact, to those of you who have children, we all live through those worrisome transitions, you know. Your child is, I don't know, seven or eight years old, and you have to run to the store, and, and, and you say to your child, uh, hey, Josh, uh, don't open the door if some stranger knocks on the door. Well, what if they say, no, 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 just don't open the door? Why do you tell them not to open the door? are you antisocial no you're just afraid that your child might not use good judgment and let someone into the house who might pose a threat to him or your house or whatever so the easiest thing that we do with a young child is i'm running out to the store i'll be back in 30 minutes if anyone knocks on the door just stay in the back of the house don't even go near the door just let me know if it happens now of course we have you know the ring doorbell so if someone rings the bell and of course. We don't have any young children living at home any longer. But when you have young kids, we're always very careful. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. Or it might be that a friend of yours is coming by, and they know the friend, so you might say, yeah, if my friend Jerry stops by, you can let him in. You might have said that. And that's a nice way to ease them into the idea that, you know, they can look and, and see if it's okay to open the door. But basically, you're worried that a child will throw the door open to a stranger you're not being xenophobic you're being careful you're being prudent you're looking out for the safety of your family you know i I made the analogy when i helped the law firm retained by governor jan brew of arizona when i helped him with the obama administration lawsuit that outrageous piece of garbage that lawsuit over sb 1070 i described my four-year tenure at the airport as an inspector for the ins as the time that i had my eye to the peephole america's front door the inspectors are there to keep people out who pose a threat and there's laws and regulations that tell us who we can and cannot admit into the united states for that very purpose and the biden administration throwing caution national security public safety and the jobs and wages of americans to the wind said come one come all and then they're transporting them around the country This has catastrophe written all over it. And it's really remarkable because around 2006, um, you had the Democrats standing firmly in favor of border security. Bernie Sanders, standing there at a news conference with the leaders of the unions, said anybody who hires a legal alien should be prosecuted. Because if you're hiring illegal aliens, you are undermining the jobs and wages of American middle-class workers, and you're doing incredible harm. It's got to stop. Bernie Sanders. What happened? What happened? Because the goal changed. It's no longer supporting wages and jobs of Americans and looking out for our safety. I think that the, the goal is to destroy the economy. And as a result, force all Americans to the left to go to the government for the handouts that they need in order to get by. That's why if we have rampant inflation and purchasing power goes out the window, Americans are going to be forced to turn to the government so that they can put the lights on in their houses at night or put food on the table. And the money comes with strings. It will give the government the right to tell you what to eat, when to eat it, and what color plates to use when you are eating it. These are the ultimate control freaks. These are people who probably couldn't get anyone to pay attention to them when they were children. So now they are large and in charge. And they want to play Simon Says, but with consequences and on steroids. This is insanity. This is insane. And the American people are too intimidated to stand up. I knew we were in trouble when people said, we're going to protect you from the bullies. Now I hated bullies. And I've talked about it on the show before. When I was a kid, I was scrawny. When I was a kid, I didn't think sports figures were heroes. I still don't. They're not. They're court jesters. They're entertainment. They're the dessert after the meal. Okay. For me, my idea of heroes growing up with the astronauts and test pilots. I got letters from Alan Shepard and Gus Grissom. I have those letters today. I wouldn't trade them for any sports memorabilia in the world. I have a photograph, and I'm looking at it right now. It hangs in the wall of my office at home with Gene Kranz, flight director for Project Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, and the space shuttle. He's one of the people who helped to bring the Apollo 13 crew home from the moon after the explosion. I also met Jim Lovell, the commander of that mission. Um, When I had cancer, my wife, to cheer me up 20 years ago, got me a poster signed by Buzz Aldrin, and she bought me a model of the X-1, the first airplane to break the sound barrier, actually autographed by General Yeager, Chuck Yeager, who flew that airplane. It sits on top of the bookcase in my room, and then I went out and bought a model of the P-51 Mustang because he became an ace during the Second World War in that Mustang, and that was also autographed by him these were heroes these are american heroes but as a kid if you didn't think sports figures were a big deal look at that man he can hit a ball with a stick oh my god can you believe that wow my favorite oxymoron is heroic play i'm still trying to figure out how the hell you could be a hero when you're playing but don't get me wrong some people enjoy that kind of stuff if you enjoy watching people hitting balls with sticks Go for it. I'm not going to stop you. This is America. You're free to do what you want. Me, I'd rather go to an air show and watch the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds or, or watch the Golden Knights, you know. But that's me. But as a kid, because I didn't show much interest in sports, Cutler must be a fag. And I went home with a bloody nose and a black eye and torn shirts. and It was a mess. My mom would cry, and it made me sad that she was so worked up. But my dad, being my dad, said, you're going to go to a gym, you're going to work out, you're going to put some weight on, you're going to put some muscles on, and you're going to learn how to box. And the next time some guy tries to do that to you, you're going to knock him on his rear end. And it took a few months, and I got into fighting shape, and I did it. And the the nonsense stopped. It was a life lesson. So when people said, oh, we're going to fight your battles for you, Bells need to go off because what happens when the person that's supposed to fight your battles is your antagonist? Are we there yet? Isn't that where we are today? Being bullied by the radical left, whether it's Antifa, whether it's Black Lives Matter. It's a game of intimidation and Americans don't know how to defend themselves. We've become a nation of wusses. Not good. Not good at all because this makes all of us vulnerable. If you ever get a little puppy or a little kitten, and we have, we've always had dogs, and I, one of my favorite bumper stickers says the more people I meet, the more I love my dog, which is true. But if you ever have a puppy, you know that when they're puppies, what do they do? They play fight. Kittens play fight. Why are they play fighting? They're preparing for adulthood, because they know that survival is at stake. If you don't know how to defend yourself, you cannot survive. We need to learn all over again how to defend ourselves, folks. I'm not talking physical stuff here now even. Just intellectually, the ability to debate, the ability to persuade, the ability to sit down with our neighbors and have conversations and base it on facts, keep the personalities out. Who in their right mind would be opposed to measures to cut down on the homelessness of American families? Who would be opposed to cutting down on the violence on the streets? Gangs are running rampantly through the streets because they were led in with the Obama Unaccompanied Minors Program. They're here. You have cities and states refusing to, to accept detainers or to act on detainers and turn bad guys over to immigration authorities so they can be deported. And now the Biden administration isn't even sure they want to deport anybody, including criminals anyway. What sense does this make? We're going to protect the immigrants, the most likely victims of crimes perpetrated by transnational criminals or, in point of fact, the members of the ethnic immigrant communities, because that's where the bad guys live and that's where they work. And if you read the story about this woman who was the target of the Iranian kidnap effort, Iran locked up her brother. First, they tried to bribe her family. To try to get her to leave iran to go to a country where they could grab her and in effect according to the newspaper accounts they did that with other countries including england canada and middle eastern countries yeah come on down meet me here and there and in one case they grabbed some guy and they executed him why what was his crime he was a journalist who wrote against the insanity of the iranian regime that's why they want this woman she said to the women, take off the head coverings and, 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 and let's live open lives. Oh, my God. And she talked about how the Iranian government had an iron fist control over their citizens. Oh, my God. That's it. For them, she needs to die. So her brother, who had nothing to do with any of this, is now sitting in a jail, according to what she had stated. The same thing goes on with the bad guys. They'll go up to some guy, whether it's from Moscow or Mexico City, or Kingston, Jamaica. It doesn't matter. Bad guys are bad guys. Human nature is human nature. This isn't about one group of people or another. Every group, every race, every religion has the good, the bad, and the ugly because this is human nature. It's universal. And so they'll go to some woman or some guy and say, we need you to do something for us. Well, I'm not doing it for you. I know who you are. You guys are criminals. Is this a picture of your mother? Yeah. Yeah. Does she live at such-and-such address? Uh Uh-huh. Well, we're going to be visiting with her this evening. Uh, What would you like us to do? Do you want to play ball with us, or do you want us to maybe take her for a one-way ride? And they now have a cooperating member of their gang, a courier or a lookout or whatever it is they need, because this person is scared to death that a family member is going to be abducted and killed. It happens all the time. And then you have wonderful, decent people like slime bucket Cuomo. Right? What a guy. What a hero. I want to be just like him when I grow up, don't you? Oh, we have to defend the immigrants from the immigration authorities. The immigration authorities gave lawful status to the lawful immigrants. What protection do they need? That's like saying that drunk drivers I'm sorry, that, 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 that regular drivers need protection from the police. If you're a law-abiding driver, you don't worry about the police. You're driving your car. You're within the speed limit, give or take, whatever. You're not drunk. You're not driving regular. I see a cop car on the road. I'm happy to see him. Why? Well, maybe he's getting people to, to drive a little bit more safely when they see that, that, that marked police car. He's on our side. The only people who should be afraid of the police are people who are breaking the law. And if you're breaking the law, that's not a climate of fear like Nancy Pelosi, the ice cream queen, talks about. That's called a climate of deterrence. When people were getting mowed down by speeding cars on Queens Boulevard in New York, they called it the avenue of death. They put up radar units and police cars and big signs that said, if you speed, we're going to ticket you, we're going to take your license and so forth. So if you were a lunatic driver, I guess you could say they created a climate of fear. Rational people would say it was deterrent so that people wouldn't get killed by crazy drivers. And it worked. It's a climate of deterrence. But to Pelosi and company, it's a climate of fear. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, By the way, folks, I'm going to be on Newsmax television, at least I'm scheduled to be on Monday, this coming Monday at about 11.30 or so, um, East Coast time. AM, 1130 AM or 1140 AM, somewhere around there on Newsmax TV. I also have articles that are coming out covering a lot of these topics, both at usincorporated.org, usinc.org, front page magazine. They will have uh, some articles of mine coming up this week. But the whole point to this, I want you to think about what I'm telling you, how you approach your neighbors, how we have these conversations. Words have impact. Words have impact. And I'd like someone to explain to me how keeping criminals and terrorists off our streets or drugs off our streets is a bad thing. Haven't we lost enough people to COVID? Haven't we lost enough people to drug overdoses and random violence and and, and bullets flying through the air, Chicago, New York? The carnage is off the charts. We can do better than this. We have to do better than this. We're in a tough spot, folks, but at the end of the day, this government of ours, ours, is supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. The problem is that for too far long, we have ignored our responsibility as citizens. Democracy requires citizen action. You can't sit on your butt and say, let someone else do it. We've done that, and look where it's gotten us a world of hurt. We must be involved. That's why I always like to make the point that democracy is not a spectator sport. If you read my articles and you like them, please forward the links to everybody. Post them wherever you can. Be part of what I call my bucket brigade of truth, because I really do believe that the facts, common sense, morality, and the law are all on our side. By the way, final point of good news, um, there was just a news release that said that a judge has just declared that DACA is illegal and um, this was now coming across just six oh eight PM. Uh, judge orders an end to DACA, the Deferred Action Childhood Arrival and current enrollee. Current enrollees are safe for now, but he ordered that no additional aliens should be enrolled and they are now exploring the illegality of this program, which is exactly what I had said. In fact, I wrote a piece for Fox News way back when and said that what Mr. Obama had claimed was prosecutorial discretion should more properly be referred to as prosecutorial deception. Madness has to stop. We need to be able to live decent, free lives in our own country. Think about Cuba. Think of the American flags being carried by Cubans while dumb Americans are burning the flag. Think of Hong Kong. The citizens of Hong Kong, in pushing back against China, carried the American flag. And now the Olympic Committee is talking about altering the iconic American flag, the symbol of liberty and justice. God help us all. Please have those conversations, folks. I'm counting on you being part of my bucket brigade of truth, because as I always like to make the point, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires your action. I hope this program is helpful to you. I hope you've enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Meanwhile, go out there and have a great weekend. Stay well. Be safe.